0: The Rebel Priest, Real Convos, shifting culture and creativity. is The Rebel Priest. Welcome to another episode. So glad you could join me. This is a table of discussion, and it is always open, and others' thoughts are always met with a listening ear, my friend. Please don't let that fool you, though, into thinking this podcast is about anything other than fighting the agenda that's being forced upon the American people. Here at The Rebel Priest, we refuse to give in to a false narrative of who we truly are as sons and daughters of Yahweh. Yahweh. And I'm going to stand on that. If you've listened to any of my podcasts in the past, you, you know where we stand. You know where our heart's at. I want to thank you again for joining me this week. It's going to be a great discussion. Got a lot in store for you. Before we get into today's show, though, let me show some love to the show sponsors. Fast Lane Auto Repair, Clinton, Tennessee. If you are in or around the Knoxville, Tennessee area, do not take your vehicle to an overpriced repair shop. Instead, give TJ and his crew the opportunity to serve you and your vehicle needs. Check them out. Fast Lane Auto Repair, Clinton, Tennessee. Helpable, we're here to help. They're a new business focused on helping those who need assistance with prescription and medical costs. Their website is coming soon. Stay tuned for that. Helpable, we're here to help. W&J Floor Cleaning. They use hypoallergenic solutions with a hot water extraction on all carpets, rugs, and upholstery. They offer tiered services to fit your needs. Do you need stains removed? No problema. Say goodbye to those pet stains and odors with the sanitizer and deodorizer package that they offer. With the holidays upon us, it's time right now to take care of those unwanted stains and odors. Right now, they offer the Rebel Priest Special for 325 square feet. You're only going to spend 89 bucks. That's not a bad deal. That's a bedroom, an office, or a den space for only 89 bucks. Give them a look. Last but not least, Brown Note Productions, top-notch luxury service guaranteed. From professional audio services to event coordination, let Brown Note Productions serve you well. Their capabilities cover everything from live music production to weddings and celebrations to corporate events. If you need a professional and relevant productions and sound company, look no further, my friend. Contact them today for a free consultation and custom pricing. Be sure to tell all of my sponsors you heard about them from the Rebel Priest. And as always, you can find their information in the description below. Do you love what we do here at the Rebel Priest? If so, there's a way that you can keep this content flowing solid. Visit the support link at the bottom of the episode description and join Rebel Priest Nation and partner with us each month. Again, thank you for joining the Rebel Priest Nation. I am honored you would join me again this week. Each episode is intended, friend, to make you think. And I may not always say things that you totally agree with. And then some of my soapbox antics may be right in line with your beliefs. Regardless, I'm here to tell stories, give insights, and provoke real discussions. That's my job. That's all I'm here to do. Before we get into today's main topic, let's talk a little bit about what's going on around the country. There's a, there's a story here that I think is fitting. There's something happening in this nation, really in the world. There's been all these voices screaming equality, 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 so loud that now I think it's starting to spin around and bite them in the butt. And here's what I'm talking about. The Penn State University president, she was in front of a congressional committee last week, and they asked her why she was not stopping anti-Semitic hate speech on her campus. She had no answer for them. She had excuses. Now, friend, here's what's funny. Shortly after she was... Put in front of this congressional committee, one of Penn State's top donors threatened to pull a major, major gift. And I want to say it was like a $100 million donation. If you want to see this and you want to see for yourself, I have posted a link to the YouTube video down in the description of the episode. It doesn't pay to hate, my friend. It does not pay to keep your mouth shut when you know there's injustices happening. How is it that on a college campus, for instance, Black Lives Matter can march on a college campus. They can scream all of their hate speech, but yet, if you have a group of of white college students that try to march on a college campus, it doesn't matter what they're marching in favor of. Everyone says, oh, it's hate speech. It's hate speech. All you have to do is watch TV today. They make white men look foolish. White dads on TV look like idiots. Friend, I'm not an idiot, and I refuse to let that narrative play out. It doesn't, it doesn't pay to hate. It pays to love. That's what pays. Love, 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 love. Friend, today we're going to talk a little bit about something that's close to my heart and it's because it's who I am. I only found this out about myself uh, a few years back. I've been digging ever since. And you know what I found? It pays to know our lineage. That's what I found. It pays to know where we came from. You know, growing up, especially in school, people would say to me, oh, Landon, you have physical features that look like a Jew. And we would laugh. They would cut up. They were talking about my nose. And I began to say, oh, it's, it's my Jew nose. And people say, well, that's, not, that's insensitive, Landon. Well, it may be insensitive, but I have a large schnoz. People would always crack a joke about it. Well, I began to dig, and I began to look, digging in my roots and trying to figure out where I had came from. It was in that time that I realized my great-great-grandfather was a Polish Jew. Now, mind you, I had worked for a guy, a really, really great guy, and, and Scott Kaminsky is his name. He, he was one of the best managers I've, I've ever had in my life working in the marketplace. And with a last name like Kaminsky, well, you, you can tell he was, he was Polish. So there were there were several times where I would crack jokes about Polacks and things, and when I found out that I was a Polish descendant, I had to call Scott and eat some humble pie. We had a good laugh about it, but really it's a rich heritage that I'm glad I found out. My great-great-grandfather's name was Anton Zilbert. He came over in 1880, ended up going to Minnesota, and he was a he was a, a, a cereal farm flipper. He would find large tracts of land. He would take all the trees from the flat area. He would cultivate the soil, and he would, he would create a super farm. And then he would turn around and sell it. Matter of fact, I found several news articles where he would visit several cities in Minnesota, and they would put articles out saying, Anton Zilbert's coming to town. If you need to make up an appointment, make an appointment now. And people would come from all over to sit and talk with him about how they could cultivate their soil better. Now, he had a son named John. I won't go into John's details because what I found about John is not a nice thing. He he, he, was, he wasn't a violent man, but he wasn't a good man either. He abandoned part of his family. Just wasn't a good guy. My grandfather was his son. Now, my grandfather's name was Wayne. My middle name was Wayne, so I have a namesake from him. But my Pawpaw, he got out of the he got out of the military and they took him back to his home of record like the military does. And when he got off the bus, he turned around and bought a bus ticket and said, I want to go south. Well, friend, he ended up in Scottsboro, Alabama. He got off the bus, didn't know anybody. All he had was what he had and became a successful business owner. He had several things that he would do, several, several things that he would put his hand to that became very, very, very fruitful. He was just like his grandfather. Anton, whatever he touched, it seemed to turn to gold. Well, then he had a son named Mike, who was my dad. Now, my dad, when you meet him, my dad's a very different individual. Um, he, he he will give you the shirt off of his back. He will do everything in his power to make sure that everyone's taken care of before himself. My dad's the guy that he'll sit there and, and, and grill or cook, and, and spend a couple of hours doing it. And then when the food's ready, he goes and hides in a corner so that everybody can get through the line first. Then he'll come in last. That's my dad. He's, he's very selfless. And he's very giving. Now, me, the rebel priest, I have a mixture of my dad and my mom. And I do take a lot of my charismatic personality. Um, I do take a lot of my Outspokenness from my mom, but one thing my dad gave me was my lineage, and that's something I want to talk about today. Is our lineage? It matters where we come from. It just it just doesn't matter where we come from, but it matters that we know where we came from. It matters that we know as much as we can. So, friend, in this journey, what I did, what I figured out of me being Jewish in my, in my lineage was that I have roots to hang on to. Now, when we, when we talk about the current events, we talk about what's going on over in, over in Israel, in the Gaza Strip, immediately crowds are divided. You can begin to talk about this subject, even in church, and you're going to have a split crowd. Why? Because some people say free Palestine. Some people say I'm standing with Israel. And what happens in this mix is that we should forget about standing with Palestine because we should all be standing with our Palestinian brothers and sisters. This is not about Muslim hate. This is about a terror organization that is tormenting a group of people. Israel's job is not to go in and kill civilians. Israel's job is they are going in and eradicating the cowards, that call themselves Hamas. Now, when we talk about this, we have to understand why we're talking about it. Muslims are not our enemy. Hamas is a group that has set itself against humanity. If you don't believe exactly like they do, they want you dead. They don't want to put you in a prison. They want you dead. Radicals are in every group, you see. Whites have had to deal with the, the radicals that call themselves the Ku Klux Klan. How many times have white folks been called racist and have white folks been called part of the Klan because they're white and the person that didn't like them just, just threw out words like that, right? White Christians typically get labeled alongside of, you're just like the KKK. But what about, what about our black brothers and sisters? How many times have they been labeled, well, you're just like, you're just like the characters inside of BLM, They're radicalized. Not every black brother and sister you meet stands with the views of BLM. Let's go to our Muslim brothers and sisters versus Hamas. Most Muslims you meet are the kindest people you will ever meet. They are not radical. Not every Muslim wants to blow themselves up and blow you and your family up. Not every Muslim you meet wants to cut off your head in the name of of war. Why? Because we're talking about people here that are normal people that are blended in with radicals. They're all in this country as well. Radical, radical, radical. There's a radical left in politics. There's a radical right in politics. I believe we should, as moral human beings, find ourselves kind of in the middle of both of those. We don't need to be far right or far left. We need to run right down the middle of the road. There's a balance that needs to find its place. But radicals exist in every group. What's going on in Israel isn't about Muslim hate, but about eradicating a terror organization. When Israel's going into the Gaza Strip and they are doing their operations through military exercise, they are not trying to kill innocent people. But unfortunately, this hate group called Hamas has hidden itself behind a human shield inside of Gaza. Now, if you don't know the history behind it, let me share a little bit with you. In 2005, Israel began to pull out of the Gaza Strip. They said, we're going to give it to you. The Palestinian Authority was was strong. It was stable for the most part. They said, we're going to give the Palestinian Authority Gaza completely. By 2007, Israel had completely removed themselves from Gaza. There there hasn't been a living or dead Israeli in Gaza since 2007. You heard that right. When Israel left, they took all of their dead with them. Can you imagine that? It reminds me of the story of when Joseph told the people, hey, when you leave here, take my bones with you. He wanted to be in the land of promise. So the Israelis took everything with them. They took their dead and they took their living. Hamas took over the Gaza Strip by force in a quote-unquote democratic election, which we all know when you look at videos, when you have masked cowards riding in the backs of trucks with guns and nobody else in the street has guns, but they have guns. There was nothing democratic about it. So do I chant free Palestine? No, I do not. But I do want to see Palestinians free from the death grip of Hamas. The reason I don't don't chant free Palestine is because the, the real meaning behind it is the heart of Hamas. When you see all of these protests going on in American cities and European cities, and they're chanting, you know, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, their meaning, kill every Jew. Now, friend, I don't know if, if you would take that lying down if you were a Jew, but if somebody begins to scream to me that they want to kill me, I'm going to stand up and protect myself, and I'm going to protect my family. Now imagine you had a million acres that were given to you through family lineage, through through inheritance. In your million acres, you lived right in the middle of it. Now what if people started building houses on the outer edge of your property? They're not hurting you, but they're taking your land. You might, as a nice person, sit back and go, well, they're on the outer edges. I'll let them stay there. But what if you woke up one morning And there were people that were building houses all around your house, right in the middle of your property. You wouldn't take too kindly to that. That's what's going on over there. Palestinians as a whole, they're from the Arabian Peninsula. The Arabs that live in Gaza aren't even from that area. They come from the Arabian Peninsula. So why is it that this massive swath of land the Bible talks about was was given to the Jews Now it's dwindled down to a little tiny sliver, and even that can't be theirs. They want to take it from them. It's because there's an attack on the children, the chosen children, the chosen people of Yahweh. If we don't understand what we are chanting, if we don't understand why we don't chant it, we are useless. We have to know what we stand on. See, I believe that Hamas as a whole, they're cowards. They hide behind their masks. They may have weapons. They may be highly skilled and trained, but they're cowards. Only cowards hide behind their masks. I say this about Black Lives Matter and Antifa as well. You're a bunch of cowards. You hide behind masks. You hide behind signs. And when you're called out, you typically run and cry. Friend, what are we going to do? When, when is enough enough that we finally stop and say, it's done. This is where I draw a line. This is where I stand. Hamas is a terrorist organization, friend, and they have no moral compass or desire for peace. Zero. Their name literally means violence. Think about that. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. See, when when Hamas went into arbitration with Israel a few years back, Israel finally got to a point because Hamas kept doing things against an agreement that the water was cut off to Gaza. What did Hamas do? They didn't go and try to get the water turned back on. No, instead, they had their people dig up the water pipe out of the ground so they could begin to make rockets from water pipe to shoot into Israel. And we wonder now, since 2007, Israel's taken it, they've taken it, they've taken it, and now all of a sudden they go, you know what? Enough's enough. Friend, you have to decide where you stand. You don't have to pick a side, but you got to decide where you stand and why you stand there. Because me, see, I'm the Jew. I'm the one that stands here and says, my people, my people were put into to ovens and burned under the rule of Hitler. They were put into shower rooms and gassed under the Nazi rule. Me and the B, we went to Washington, D.C. a few years back. And we did pay a visit to the Holocaust Museum. Friend, it's a very, very hard place to walk through. But at the end, there's a bank of computers where you can sit down and you can search out your family name and you can see if your family was a part of the Holocaust. Friend, all I can tell you is I wasn't prepared for the results that I saw. It was so overwhelming of how many of my ancestors were involved in that atrocity. Since then, I've kind of had a mindset that no matter what, I'm going to stand on what I know is true. So I'll give you this information. Why? Not to argue or to fight about which side is right, but to help educate and bring awareness to the critical situation happening in the Holy Land. The Jews are my people by lineage, and I stand with Yahweh's chosen. And if you label yourself as a Christian and you stand with Hamas, then I challenge the posture of your heart. From Ukraine to Russia to Israel and Hamas, We must know where we stand and why we stand there, friend, because it matters. We can't just hop on the bandwagon because everyone else is. We must stand on our own convictions and we must know what is right, what is moral. So friend, I implore you, pray. Pray and ask heaven what's going on. Pray and ask heaven where you should stand. Before we go today, I want to Dip into the mental health awareness pool for a minute. Here are a few things that we can do to always strengthen and help our mental health. Number one, get regular exercise. Just 30 minutes of walking every day can help boost your mood and improve your health. Small amounts of exercise add up, so don't be discouraged if you can't do 30 minutes at one time. Number two, eat healthy, regular meals and stay hydrated. A balanced diet and plenty of water can improve your energy and focus throughout the day. Also, this is going to be a hard one for some of you guys. Limit your caffeine intake because that will help you in the end. Number three, make sleep a priority. Stick to a schedule and make sure you're getting enough sleep. The blue light from our devices and screens can make it harder for us to fall asleep, so we got to reduce the blue light exposure from our phone or computer screens right before bedtime. And the last thing, set goals and priorities. Decide what must get done now and what can wait. Learn to say no to new tasks if you start to feel like you're taking on way too much. Try to be mindful of what you've accomplished at the end of the day and not what you've been unable to do. Friend, that right there is critical. If you want more things you can do, visit the link below in the description of the podcast. It'll give you a few more things you can do to help make your mental health stronger. Friend, thank you again for listening. It's, it is with a deep heart that I tell you thank you. It means a lot to me you join me each week. And every week our numbers grow. We got people from all over the world listening to the show. I can't wait to see what happens with this rebel priest nation. Go down and give the sponsors some love. You can find all their information in the description of the episode. And as always, friend, I love you. Go be a rebel against the system that's trying to destroy the moral backbone of our society. Go love bigger. Peace. See you next week.